Nämä videot on. These videos are private and filmed in a private space. I resent that these became known to the public. I spent a night with my friends. We just parted, also in a boisterous way. Railakkaastikin kyllä, tanssinut ja laulanut. Did you use intoxicants in these situations? Alcohol. No drugs? Not that I know of. Welcome to London Calling with me, James Dellingpole, and my very good friend, Mr. Toby Young. Tobes, how is your ongoing August treating you? It's treating me okay. I'm, I'm, I have to say, I've had a fairly busy week, what with attending this conference in Cheltenham, and then what? rushing to Norfolk um, to be with my wife and children while they were competing in the Hunt Stanton tennis tournament. And then um, I had to go to um, Abingdon near Oxford, to Radley College, no less, um, because I was delivering... Uh, oh, I've been to Radley what, yeah, I, um, with, with Steve Rathburn. Steve Rathburn, the great Steve Rathburn. No, this wasn't actually... He's fantastic. He, he's fantastic, but it, it, this wasn't connected with Steve. This was um, something called the John Locke Institute, which is an Oxford summer school. And it gives kind of um, kids at the end of their first year of sixth form a taster of things like PPE, history and economics, to help them make their minds up about what they want to study at university and also to prepare them for interviews um, and aptitude. What, were you, a, you were a, a kind of a course director or something? Not a course director, no. I was just, um, I just, I was giving, I was, I was presenting um, some controversial ideas because one of the um, purposes of the John Locke Institute is to um, teach children how to disagree agreeably rather than becoming offended and flouncing off or trying to cancel people. Um, so it's, uh, uh, and so they wanted someone to present some fairly disagreeable points of view that the students could then discuss in an agreeable way. And so, um, wouldn't they've been better off getting me to do that? Well, actually, yeah, you, you could have done an equally good job, if not a better job than me, James. But my my, my first lecture was on the myth of white privilege, and um, uh, that certainly provoked some um, uh, lively discussion afterwards. Did it? Yeah, but it was it was good actually. The the the, the, the no one tried to you know no one flounced off, no one claimed to be offended. Um, they engaged in a kind of you know. A, course i'm not sure i persuaded anyone but but nonetheless they engaged in a kind of were they all sort of white self-hating white middle class kids not exclusively no um but um and i i suspect that they are probably they were all kind of you know aged 15 to 17 i think the youngest kid there was 13 um but um they um they uh, they seem marginally less woke than their immediate elders, than the generation that's come before them, I thought. And I, and I put that right. to them. And um, according to my son, who was on this course, um, some of them agreed that that was the case. That, that That's not to say they're, you know, they're, they're, they're um, conservative, but they do seem to be marginally less woke than, you know, Generation Z or whatever it is. Right. I think I, you, you're, you're very, you're, you're sounding very forgiving. I would have been much more hardcore. 
I'd have said, listen, you worthless little tossers. You've imbibed, you've been brainwashed in this stuff and you haven't got sufficient critical faculties to recognise that you've been sold a pup. Look around you. Do you really see it? I mean, I, I wouldn't have taken it. Yeah, but but I suppose that's probably probably why you run the course and I was. <laughs> I don't run it, but I was. Yeah, I was, uh, yeah. Maybe why I was it, invited to give a lecture. It would have really annoyed me. Yeah. You know, whiny. Well, yeah. What? No, I just can't. I I can't bear it. I really can't. It just drives me nuts. So I woke woke children, particularly sort of white middle class children who are woke. I just but they were actually no. They were black middle class children who are woke would be just as bad. They, but they, they they weren't super woke. Um, they uh, sounds it to me. And, and they did. And they did. You know, they did. They did. Um, they did engage in a kind of. Um, you know, in a respectful way, um, they didn't just kind of try and shout me down for you know saying right. something that that, that 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 was contradicted by their lived experience. What was the other? What was your other um, controversial? Well, I, well I, there, there were talk. three. So that that was the first one. The second one was I was talking about why it is that um, progressives um, struggle so much with the idea that um, group psychological differences. Um, uh, have a uh, well are influenced by biology and aren't entirely socio-cultural um, so I was in that, particular that, talking what, about what's that in English just give me the give me the well I was I was, I was in particular talking about um, why it is that more women don't want to study STEM subjects or go into STEM careers. Because they're girls. And I was, well, that was the gist of it, James. Yes, I was saying that it isn't entirely because of patriarchy (laughs) and sexism. Oppressive male hegemony. And no, it's partly because, um, you know, on average... Girls can't do physics. No, (laughs) no. um, It's just partly because on average, girls are more interested in people and boys are more interested in things and that kind of empathizing systemizing difference has been identified in male and female newborns it's cross species it seems to uh, apply across time um, and uh, so uh, so the implication of that is that various efforts to correct for the um, discrimination and prejudice in you know against women in companies like Google won't entirely bring about, you know, parity, uh, gender parity amongst, you know, their software engineers um, and other things may be going on too. And they may have misdiagnosed the problem or at least not how, how properly diagnosed it. How did that one go down with, with, Actually, with the chicks? Curiously, that, that, was, that was, I think, more contentious than the first lecture. Um, uh, right. So, but they, you know, no, no one, no one claimed to be offended or got angry. Um, but there, there were some girls there as well. Oh they? yeah, I'd say, I'd say, yeah, possibly even a majority of the people in the audience right. were women um, but um, yeah and then my third lecture was about free speech and why it's important to discuss these controversial points of view in the public square and not kind of just rule some out as beyond the pale because they challenge the prevailing progressive orthodoxy anyway it was it was it was it was it was, it was exhausting but nonetheless it seemed to go okay um, oh, well 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 done well done I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of sorry I wasn't there um, doing doing those those three talks because I think I would just I would have enjoyed maybe next year James I'll, I'll recommend you um, anyway I'd recommend yeah, yeah, do that. if 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 anyone is listening um, and they want their and they have a son or daughter who's come who, who's about to enter their first year of sixth form um, next summer I recommend the John Locke Institute um, uh, so it, it, it definitely worth it's definitely worth doing it's a residential course usually 10 or 11 days usually somewhere in Oxford either at an Oxford College or at Radley and they get a kind of intensive 
uh, course in um, subjects like PPE, history and economics. Uh, and they also get a lot of advice from, you know, um, expert experts on admissions about how to kind of maximise their chances of getting into elite universities, particularly Oxford and Cambridge. By the way, James, right. I, I should, I, 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 if, if, you, if, I, if I can have permission to boast for a minute, um, the West London Free School, the school I co-founded um, in, and which opened in 2011, and which all my children have been to, got really good six-form A-level results um, th- last week. So we got, um, I think, 45% of all the papers were graded A-star, um, and the overwhelming majority of the students who'd applied to university got into the university of their first choice. Seven got into Oxford and Cambridge. So these are our best results yet. So we were we were very happy. That's good. Well, that brings you a step closer to your your place in the house. My York, peerage. Which I know you you covered so covered so much. You know, I I I sort of worry that Boris's lavender list is going to be my last chance and i think if i was on it i'd have heard about that by now so um i i, I think I'm... oh that's you know that's really that's really really wrong <laughs> it's it's a bit like it's a bit like like um trump not pardoning julian assange it's, it's the equivalent I mean, it, boris owes you you've 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 brown nosed him so assiduously in the last last i've, I've been years. like a human shield done... human shield to that guy a, a human tongue you've been tapes and <laughs> and you deserve it you, you you've earned it i mean i, I you you would have to pay me seriously to 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 go into the house well you do get paid I, you I do get think, paid to go to the house of lords yeah but not enough <laughs> the only the only the only lord i've got time for is a lady and that's old um uh claire fox oh he, he, yeah helen morris she's great too yeah, and there, are few, there are a few there's matt, matt ridley's in no, there though i think claire's, he's, he's... claire's control opposition I've, I've given up on her <laughs> okay well she, I, 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 they're all i won't go through a list of names like establishment sellouts listen on the subject Apart from on the subject of deserved or undeserved honors do you think that one of the reasons anthony fauci um has just announced he's stepping down so he's just announced he's stepping down oh, has he yes um, by the end of the year. Do you think that what he's trying to do um, is to position himself um, to receive the Nobel Peace Prize this year? Uh, it, he, may, he may reason that if I've retired, it would be like a kind of, uh, the, like a, the equivalent of a gold watch handed to me on my retirement by the Nobel Committee. And I've done so much to advance the cause of um, uh, at least of public health. Maybe he's hoping for, you know, um, the Nobel Prize for medicine um, rather than peace. But uh, I think it if the WHO... It glory, wouldn't it? Of the, of the Nobel... I mean, <laughs> it's like we were gobsmacked when, when Barack Obama, the warmonger, won the Nobel Peace Prize, were we not? But, well, but even more gobsmacked when the EU if, EU if, if won the Nobel got the, 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 the world's biggest mass murderer, <laughs> went and got the no, medical mass murderer, went and got the Nobel Prize for medicine. It would be like, yeah, because I've just been I've just been listening to um, a, a podcast with one of my well, I suppose you'd call him my fa- uh, a conspiracy theorist. He's, he's fantastic. He's a Norwegian called Ole Damagjord. And and Ole makes a, a fairly convincing case for the epicenter of evil in the world being being actually scandinavia some of the most evil shadowy families who secretly run 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 in the world come from places like sweden which is of course also the home well sweden and norway home of the nobel nobel prizes so it would this would be confirmation wouldn't it 
Well, it would certainly be. We th- we think of them as harmless Volvo drivers, and we think, oh, they were neutral in the war, or some or one of them was anyway. And 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 we think of Saabs and and stuff, and 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 Abba. And actually, no, they're just like the worst. You know, so, the worst of the worst. So, so, someone who um, did I have a, I can't remember if I've told you this before, but someone who won a Nobel Prize told yeah. me that um, there's a kind of after after the ceremony, there's a party. You know, yeah. in in Stockholm, they don't in, sacrifice children in do Stockholm. They? No, they, they don't do. sacrifice children. But apparently, they, 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 the tradition at the um, post awards celebration is is a special is to drink this drink, which is sparkling vodka. Apparently, it goes. It's like it's like in the same way that champagne, you know, is a is a more efficient alcohol delivery system than wine. Um, so sparkling vodka apparently just is uh, you, you get instantly drunk um ah can i tell you my, my favorite variant on that i once went on this amazing amazing freebie with the wife to this sort of ski resort sort of hotel club boutique uh place i won't i won't mention the person who who was hosting it um but we had um on the you got lots of free free skiing and stuff and they and they flew that that um, rather good chef Mark Hicks over to to do the steaks and Ooh, stuff. Sounds quite grand. And oh, it was fa- it was fantastic. And 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 there was one night where we had this. We we got taken up up the mountain on skidoos to this mountain and had a sort of candlelit lit dinner. And then we skied down by by torchlight. It was just just amazing. And then there was a DJ set in this in this place. And they they had this stuff called the Cup of Love. And it was champagne with um, MDMA dissolved in it. Wow. <laughs> I know. Exactly. That sounds quite Those decadent. are the days, eh? Yeah, that sounds like, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, sounds like, yeah, the, the kind of psychedelic version of Davos. Um, so so you can keep your post-Nobel Prize, <laughs> Nobel Prize nonsense, because I've got yeah, one you, better. Yeah, you have got one better. Um, so, James, um, uh, the glorious 12th. Um, uh, has um, happened already. Um, I have to say, I've only been invited to one day of shooting this year. Um, well, are, are we it, talking grouse or pheasant? We're talking. We're, I think. I think it's pheasant. I haven't haven't been invited to any grouse shooting at all. What about you? Have you had any invitations? No. I, look, look. I I don't expect ever to get um, a grouse shooting invitation again because I think I've blotted my copybook. I don't think there are enough. Yeah, I I think not. Not. Only, I, I I managed to secure you an invitation. Um, to a grouse shoot. Was it last year or the year before? I think year it, before. It was the year before. And um, and that was a grouse shoot I've been invited to for probably more than 10 years. And yeah. and the host is often asking, would often ask my advice about interesting people to invite. Yeah. So I, I lobbied for you. You yeah, were invited. And you succeeded and it was good. And, and it, we had a great time. But I fear, but, but since since then, James, I'm not saying there's a connection. I haven't received an invitation again. I think I've, no, no, I've, I've been I struck off that list. And I, I, no, I, I haven't had any communication from that person at all. I wrote a really nice thank you letter. I thought, well, bloody hell. I mean, you know, not even, <laughs> not even, I don't know, Toby, Toby Brown knows could equal this. But no, just absolutely nothing. And you're right. It could, it could well be that either I'm such a crap shot or that I'm just, you know, such a sort of uncouth, unwelcome guest that I just, I've poisoned the wells. You know, I think you, I'm you, sorry, you, mate. Not, really only, not only blotted your copy, but you blotted mine too. And I think that invitation is now dried up. Um, well, but, so hang on. Uh, pheasant. 
Um, you, you've been. You've. When are you going? I've got. I think I've got one day of pheasant shooting sometime in. I think it's in September. Could possibly be October. I did. I did. I did get. I did get um, an invitation to go shooting um, in Scotland um, next weekend, but it was just too complicated to to work it out. Um, plus, it clashes with Watford QPR away. So, which. Um. <laughs> I've heard though. I mean, in in the in the defence in defence of all the people who haven't invited you or me, um, I've heard that there have been problems getting supplies of of chicks. I mean, you know, really? like, like like as in birds, right? As in baby right. birds, right. This year, right? And that this has affected. I don't know whether that, whether whether that's correct. Right. I, I know that there have been problems with the grouse grouse season because. Oh, sorry, I'm I'm saying this stuff partly because I know it annoys. A certain portion of our listeners so i'm going to carry on talking about it but do you see william sitwell wrote, a, wrote a, uh, a a distraught piece in the telegraph about this he'd been invited grouse shooting and then it had been the invitation had been withdrawn because there's so few grouse around so right is, is this to do with um the heat wave i mean oh, have, have we finally discovered a reason to care about global warming james yeah. <laughs> yes uh, um <laughs> uh, you know that, that that's um yeah, that, did did you see that the Ritz has stopped selling grouse um, in deference to kind of uh, green kind of animal welfare that is a activists? Reason, that that is a reason never to go to the Ritz. I was again. shocked. Not what I'd been planning on doing so. It, it's it's pathetic. These places capitulating to these fads. Oh, yeah, it was it was like yeah. Oh, by the way, on the subject of um, eco fascists, did you see that? Uh, uh, George, someone pointed out George Monbiot. Yeah, it was, it's a George Monbiot story. Someone pointed out that um, the Guardian receives tens of millions of pounds a year from the Gates Foundation, from the Bill and Melinda yes. Gates Foundation, and sort of taunted George Moonbot, um, claiming that you know he was he he was promoting kind of um, alternative synthetic meat products, and um, I think. Bill and Melinda Gates, or certainly Bill Gates, invests in various companies that produce synthetic meat. Um, and they were saying, you know, yes. you're, you're doing the bidding of your master by promoting these synthetic alternatives to meat. Well, I and, and he, I, I, and he, 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 he then he then said, whilst whilst I acknowledge that the Guardian does receive vast sums of money from the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which is used to pay the staff's salaries. Nonetheless, we are not influenced by that. I can choose myself what to write about. And when I chose to promote synthetic meat or whatever it was, that was, that <laughs> yes. was, that was entirely my own decision. And, and, and so and Mark Littlewood from the Institute of Economic Affairs pointed out that George Moonbot has for years been claiming that the IEA are shills for the kind of billionaire American capitalists that kind of give them money, supposedly. Um, uh, it, 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 you know, it, but Mark Littlewood says, well, I can make exactly... For, for years, I've been making exactly the same argument. Yes, we receive money from these foundations and these individuals, but we're entirely free as to what we choose to write reports about. We're not in any way constrained. These, we're not, we're not, you know, uh, there are no apron strings attached to, no strings attached to this money. And, and, that, and Moonbot has always poured scorn on that argument. You know, that's a ludicrous, totally incredible argument, he's always said. Of course you do the bidding of your paymasters. And here he is making exactly the same argument for himself yes <laughs> quite funny yes exactly I, I i yeah it's the moon the problem with the moon bat is that that it's it's very easy to dismiss him as a as a harmless buffoon but i think he is actually 
acting for these very dangerous people. He's promoting ideologies which are really going to be deleterious to the interests of of, of mankind. And and yeah, I think it's very dodgy the, the the way that the way that he pushes this agenda, which is which is the agenda of the the predator straight parasite class. They do want he wants to he wants to stop us eating meat to abolish farming to cover the cover our hills with wolves which will presumably eat all the sheep he's he's, he's a really dangerous dangerous person i think I, yeah. but at the same time of course we know that the 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 the, the best weapon against dictators um is is ridicule. ridicule so i'm torn on the one hand you know he is a joke and on the other hand he's very dangerous so i don't know what one does i um yeah i i i, I once i think i've told spoken about this before but i remember during an extinction rebellion protest i went and sort of had a wander around because i was going to write something about the protest for the spectator and i stumbled across what tall intents and purposes was a sort of religious service um in which these xr protesters were kind of either kneeling or sitting before this kind of messianic figure kind of gesticulating atop a soapbox with kind of a wild look in his eye. Um, yeah. And uh, and they were just hanging on his every word. And it was like a kind of, it was like, you know, it was like a, an old time preacher, you know, an Old Testament preacher kind of thumping his Bible and exhorting, you know, the faithful. And it was George Moonbot. Um, yes. <laughs> it was just extraordinary. He had this kind of messianic zeal. Um, yes, in he person. does. And, and in, you know, these, these, these kind of, you know, these young, idealistic, kind of, you know, upper middle class, privately educated white folks. Just like George. Just like, like George. Old, old, old stoic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, zoology at Oxford. It's my college. George. Yeah, no, he, he, they, they were all sitting there, kneeling before him, spellbound, James. Absolutely spellbound. But not by his jokes, because he doesn't make jokes. No, he doesn't he's, make he's jokes. He's one of no. the most humorous people. <laughs> really that, that is. He's, he's absolutely, he's like a sort of all brand. Oh, no, actually, I like all brand, all brand loaf. He's, he's just uh, you know, he's, something yeah, he's, like all brand loaf that's not nice. Not known for his rapier wit. Uh, anyway, no. um, should we hear from our first sponsor, James? Um, if you're a business owner that likes to jump to the news highlights, you'll love Indeed. With Indeed Instant Match, you can constantly receive a list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Hiring? You need Indeed. Indeed is the hiring platform where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. Don't spend hours on multiple job sites looking for candidates with the right skills when you can do it all with Indeed. Find top talent fast with Indeed's suite of powerful hiring tools like Indeed Instant Match, Assessments and Virtual Interviews. Hate waiting? Indeed's US data shows over 80% of Indeed employers find quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed matches their job description the moment they sponsor a job. Indeed knows that when you're doing everything for your company, you can't afford to overspend on hiring. Visit indeed.com slash London to start hiring now. Just go to indeed.com slash London. Indeed.com slash London. Terms and conditions apply. Cost per application pricing not available for everyone. Need to hire? You need Indeed. So, James, um, what else are we going to talk well, about? Well, listen, I'm getting yeah. quite excited about utopes. I, I, I know there are going to be complaints here because have you noticed this? People don't people don't like it when mummy daddy daddy fight too much. But if we don't fight at all, they feel cheated. Have you okay, this? so you're going to pick a fight. 
Well, no, I was going to do the opposite, actually. I was going, I was going to wind up the listeners. I, I've been really impressed with some of the, the, the pieces you've been running on your um, your lockdown sceptics, okay. your daily sceptic. Um, and but I, I wanted to ask you a question, which is um, some of the pieces you've been running are really quite hardcore. I mean, they're, they're very much Team James in flavour in that they indicate that there are vaccine injuries are a very real thing that they are affecting lots more people than is being acknowledged anywhere in the mainstream media and the the attempt to i i love the piece which said which which had a go at the newspapers saying you know why are you blaming all this on lockdown when it's clearly not the lockdown it's something more sinister than that and you are using using the lockdown as your kind of excuse for for it's a kind of a straw man and, and actually, it's vaccine injuries that are the problem. Well, I'm not um, sure we went quite I, that far, but I think we said that, um, vac- you know, the, the, the um, aftershock of the vaccines may be a contributory factor. But why isn't anyone discussing the elephant in the room, which is the possibility, at least, that some of the excess deaths we've been seeing um, uh, in recent months um, are vaccine related? Well, that's your that's your cuckified um, softened version but I'm sure the piece I read was a bit well a bit, a harder bit than that. more hard a bit hardcore than that and I was just wondering yeah that do you find yourself becoming more more team James as as, as evidence mounts in my favor well I think, or, or I think you... well I, I I'm not becoming more conspiratorially minded um but um I am perhaps um uh gradually coming to the conclusion that, um, as I think I've mentioned before, that um, the mRNA COVID vaccines um, do more harm than good for the under 65s who don't have any underlying health conditions. Uh, James, I wanted to ask you a question, which is, um, and this is something that occurred to me, um, we published a piece um, on on the Daily Skeptic a few weeks ago about this actuarial data um, compiled by a German insurer um, about um, the um, increase in payouts to people who appear to be suffering vaccine injuries. It was a kind of medical insurance actuarial data. And we published another piece um, uh, this week uh, about, or last week, about um, some more insurance data, this time I think from a US insurance company. Um, And it prompts the question, you know, if there is a big increase in vaccine related insurance claims, including life insurance claims, is it, it should we be thinking about shorting medical and life insurance stocks? I mean, do you think that at some point the dam is going to break and the um, and and these stocks are just going to plummet? And that, you know, like like the people who kind of cashed in on the, you know, global um, uh, credit crunch when subprime kind of collapsed. Um, or like when I shorted Carnival Cruises. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think it's time to short medical and life insurance stocks? Um, that, unfortunately, you've missed the boat. OK. Um, yeah. Um What's his face? Um, uh, the the guy who used to work at Ed, Ed, Edward Dowd. Yeah, was talking about this about two months ago. Right, and he doesn't he, he he doesn't take short positions on the things that he talks about on his podcast because he thinks that's sort of 
unethical because of, of you know what he did for does for a living um but yes it would very much have been a good uh, i i haven't looked at the looked at the share price of of the insurance companies but i would have thought that they have they have fallen in anticipation of mm. this because after all the the markets are not stupid they're gonna they're gonna there are going to be people there who are anticipating this. Yes, yeah. Um, because, the, because the data has been out there for some time. Yeah, that, so you think that, that might already yeah, be sure. priced in, maybe. Yes, yes. Um, by the way, that was another thing I learned from... Sorry, I, I'm just obsessed with this uh, Oli Damagur uh, podcast. He said, he said um, insurance companies are among... The, the big insurance companies are among the most evil companies in the world because, get this, they know where all your stuff is. You've you've told them you have to tell them exactly uh, what mm. kind of works of art and, and and treasure you've got, where you store it, how secure it, it is, and they use this data. It's they don't just use it like to to protect you. They've also got these you know they've got this data on you that they can use. Anyway, yeah. So I'd, I'd love to I'd, I'd love it if the insurance companies started losing money hand over fist. Um, but you haven't taken any short positions yet. No, I haven't. <laughs> okay. No, no I, you, one gets burned. I, I tell you my favourite short. Well, it's a big um, gamble, isn't it? A few years ago, um, I went to a about, about I think four years ago. I went to this investors lunch um, hosted by my friend Jim Mellon, who's a Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's, he's big in investment and there were all, all sorts of luminaries around the table sort of, sort of uh, oh um, Kelvin McKenzie was there and Quasi Quarteng and all, all, all sorts you know some people who, who play the market some people who don't and we were all asked at the end of the lunch to name our, our best long and our best short and my short was Tesla Right. I just thought there is no way a company like Tesla can just go on going up and up and up because you know what is it? Just bloody electric cars. They're never gonna they're never gonna catch on, and the economics don't work, and and blah blah blah. And anyway, you know, all Elon Musk really does is is he he sponges off 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 the the, the taxpayer through subsidies that paid for things like his electric you know his batteries and stuff. He's 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 not he's a crony capitalist. Is, was was my line, and and sooner or later the markets are going to find him out. And now had I placed that that short bet on Tesla, which I didn't, I would have lost so much money. <laughs> yeah, and and a friend of mine, a friend, a, a friend of mine who, who's always taken the opposite view and says, no, I think the Tesla's the best, but has made absolute millions really? out of, out of, from his long Tesla positions. So I, I think short, shorts are a, are a mugs game. Right. Yeah. No, I mean, obviously the, 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 the risk with, um, a short is that um, if the stock doesn't drop but goes up, you lose everything. Um, well, your losses are you're potentially limitless. Uh, yeah, uh, I mean, at least yeah, terrible. Yeah. Um, but um, uh, did you see that a, a Tesla um, was involved in the horror crash on the M40 yesterday? Not too far from where I live, there was a, a horrible crash in which this um, uh, Range Rover ended up spinning off the road, flipping, and ending up on a railway track where I think it was hit by a train. Um, no, par- yikes, horrible. Yeah, horrible, and the, the driver was killed. But I think a Tesla was um, was involved in that crash. Anyway, was it what was it was it a, one of those driverless cars? I, d- I don't I don't know if the driver had taken their hands off the wheel. But no, they, they haven't yet been licensed in this country, have they? But I mean, it, you know, you can't Phew. you can't have it. You May can't they kinda... never be so. <laughs> Listen, uh, one thing I thought we ought to talk about is um, uh, uh, Sana Marin, uh, Finland's partying PM. 
did you see the footage of her kind of uh, grooving? Um, uh, I think it was last weekend with some sort of young, attractive, sexy people. And uh, there were then these rumours that she must have been on drugs because this video footage of her kind of dancing at this nightclub with her young, attractive friends at 4am was released and everyone said, oh, well, she must be on drugs. So she did a drug test and the drug test was negative. But it's extraordinary. And people have done a kind of dance-off now between her and Boris, showing Boris dancing at the Tory party conference and her dancing. And she definitely looks better than Boris. But interestingly, all these women in Finland have taken kind of, you know, um, umbrage at the fact that, you know, all these crusty old male politicians have been criticising their young and vibrant female prime minister for being a good dancer and have posted videos of themselves dancing, you know, on YouTube. I wonder, James, if Boris is ever criticised for being for his kind of hopeless dad dancing again. Most recent occasion was that I don't know if you saw the video footage of him dancing to um, uh, 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 dancing at his wedding um, with Carrie. Um, anyway, um, uh, maybe next time he's 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 in the firing line for being a kind of awful dad dancer. You and I could post a video of ourselves dad dancing on YouTube, maybe even together in solidarity with Boris, as if to say there's nothing wrong with dad dancing. Um, well, no, actually, weirdly enough, that was my terror about the um, about that that festival I went to. You know, the Freedom Festival. Oh, you thought someone might video you dancing. I, I did kind of think that if footage had got me, me out of me, I mean, you know, like I was, I don't know whether I was throwing shapes, but I, I am of a generation. I am of the rave generation. So we do dance in a particular way. Um, and it's not necessarily the, the sort of stuff that would get um, admiring shares on, on, on YouTube. I think it would be more like, <laughs> look at this dick. Who is well, he? Um, on the subject so no. of, of, of people who get into trouble when um, illicit video footage of them dancing in nightclubs is released, our friend Michael Gove um, announced um, last week that he would be retiring from frontline politics. This came a few days after, or possibly the day after, Liz Truss said that um, she she didn't she, she 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 probably wouldn't be able to find a place for him in her cabinet if she wins the Conservative leadership election, and so. I think it was the following day, he, he sort of came out for Rishi, but in order to sort of, so it wouldn't seem self-interested, he said, but I'm going to be retired. I think my days as a frontline politician are over. Um, and then there were sort of a number of kind of uh, quite complimentary pieces about what an effective minister he was that appeared in the paper over the next few days. Uh, I was quite sad. Yes. I mean, even though, even though, you know, we were certainly at odds over the lockdown. Um, and uh, even though, uh, you know, he's a, uh, He's an enthusiast for Net Zero and once applauded Greta Thunberg. Um, I'm a big fan of Michael's and um, I think that, you know, British politics will be poorer without him I don't know. as a frontline player. Uh, no, I mean, I could I could give some tasteless analogies here, which I won't. But I would say, Tobes, it is a pretty big deal when you are the main architect of the destruction of probably hundreds of thousands of businesses, certainly many, many thousands of businesses, people whose livelihoods were destroyed by, by lockdown. Um, it, was, it was insane. It was, it was completely pointless. It was completely unjustified. And yet he forced it through. He was the main architect. I don't think that, the, that there was a place in hell hot enough 
for somebody who's done that. <laughs> was he the I main mean, architect, do you think? I mean, he was certainly a cheerleader for lockdowns. And he certainly... was one of the most aggressive. I think all the people... Look, never setting aside for a moment that I think that this... this you did, um, I thought you thought they were all puppets war, anyway. Well, they are, yes. Well, th- this is why I, I don't... I'm, I'm sceptical of, of this claim that he is... Um, stepping down from frontline politics. Remember what he was doing about six months ago. He was at the Bilderberg conference with that awful, useless black MP who's really thick. Well, which you know the Labour one? Um, oh, David uh, Lammy. David. Yeah, David Lammy. Um, and uh, I, I don't believe that you 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 get a place on the, in in the Bilderberg group if you're just going to simply disappear. And I also think that if you are if you are with Bilderberg, then you are an enemy of the people and will remain that that way because Bilderberg is just evil. So you it, think he'll really he'll, he'll pop up as the head of NATO or, or he'll head probably of the get, IMF? Exactly. Or that would be the that would be that would be the sort of thing he might he might end up doing. Yeah. And <laughs> well, I hope he, he does. He, I hope we haven't seen the last of him. I've I've still got a great deal of affection for him, in spite of his in spite of. You but, know, you lo- but you look. But politics is all a, a, a game, don't you? You you all think it's the, these these fun characters. I, I mean, I never forget the time you said that that you know because Quasi Quateng is a jolly fellow, that therefore. What one can forgive him is appalling politics, and it doesn't well, work I, like that in, not, my, in my head. Well, I, I think I think the, what the difference between us is not. I think it's that is that you assume that um, they kind of that, that they're bad actors and that um, they're doing things that they know aren't in the national interest. Whereas yes, I, they are. I, they I, are. I, I think I think they are trying to act in the national interest as they understand it we just disagree about what is in the national interest i give them the benefit of that doubt and you don't y- yes yes i mean i think look i think they all belong in prison with with bill gates um with that with uh larry fink with richard branson i mean with tony blair there's, there's a whole list of people that should be in a, a maximum security prison there for there forever um, and, and, and these would presumably the, 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 the politi- politicians who, who do their bidding would be in slightly nicer, nicer cells. They'd probably just get in, instead of bare concrete, um, they might get they get they get you know, synthetic meat instead of slops. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, Bill Gates would definitely be fed on nothing but insects, whereas <laughs> they might get the occasional bit of tofu, I think. Yeah. Okay, um, should we should we hear from our next sponsor? I think it's your turn this time, James. Remember the executive director thing. The exec, you will thought apparently I misread or didn't read something clearly enough. Like, look, I think Thor Holt is fantastic, and it's clear that I reckon that Thor gets a really good response to these adverts because he does. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, he, I think he does. I think it's well worth the um, the modest sum of money he, he's, he's paying for these for these ads, but. Yeah, I, I, I mean, he sounds like he's a really good thing as well. When Thor guested on the Delling Pod, he arrived in a city slicker hire car with bald tyres. Oh, how we laughed as he fishtailed up our snowy hill, heading home to Scotland, land of windmills and global warming alarmists. Thor has given pro bono counsel to FSU victims of cancel culture since launch, and he values connection with fellow free-speaking London callers in these most troubling of times. Telegram, at Thor underscore Holt, or www.linkedin.com forward slash in forward slash Thor Holt. 
When not supporting FSU members in the teeth of their cancellation gale, Thor helps business owners solve their challenges, money still being useful at least until programmable CBDC. For example, an SME facing 20% redundancies worked with Thor and in four months landed £20.4 million of new contract, avoided redundancies and secured a 10-year project pipeline. Our first London caller to work with Thor, a business owner who signed him up as a non-executive director, said, London calling actually undersell you, Thor. You do what you say on the tin, but better. You've absolutely turbocharged me. Even if you don't don't require Thor's help now, get in touch because he values free thinkers like you. LinkedIn.com forward slash in forward slash Thor Holt or Telegram at Thor underscore Holt. Hmm, Telegram user, I smell no clot shots. Bet he's Team James. Yes, I bet he is. Okay, so um, let's move on to Culture Corner. Now, um, I got it completely wrong last week. I said that um, the debut of House of Dragons was last Monday, when in I fact it's, it's today, um, at least on British TV. I think it's already debuted in the America. The Americans have already seen it, yeah. It was ahead of us. Um, well, everyone's complaining about the absence of the imp. Yes, it, it, need, it needs an imp apparently to to, to 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 lighten the tone. Yeah, and it's well, and and not much sex and violence. I gather it's just oh, it's what? all all about the dragons. What? Yeah. Oh no! But each episode cost apparently an average of twenty million dollars. So um, at least the special effects will be pretty spectacular. But yeah, well, we can talk about that next week. We can, let's we? talk about that next be... week. I, I intend to watch it tonight, actually, with my kids. Mm. Um, so, but I tell you what, we should talk about James, and that is the brilliant new documentary um, by a friend of mine called Keith Craig about Bob Moran. The unbelievably gifted cartoonist the Gil Ray of our generation the film is called um, Brilliantly Difficult and it's um, sort of a 55 minute documentary about Bob the cartoonist Um, and it shows him at work it has lots of his cartoons in it and it's got lots of fantastic talking heads including you and me i don't know if you've seen it yet i watched it earlier today it's actually really really good it's really well put together bob comes across so well it's yeah, well, um, he, bob is bob is amazing and he's done he's done the brave and principled thing because he had a presumably quite well paid job as a as, as as one of the cartoonists on on the telegraph but he wasn't going to back down on his principles on things like lockdowns and vaccines and stuff and he went he lost his job and it must have must have, he's he's got a, he's got a young family and it must have required tremendous courage to to go it alone yeah. but he's made a huge success of it and he he's i mean i, I Obviously, it helps that he's very, very talented, mm. and he's a lovely chap as well. I met him. I, I first met him on one of the um, the freedom marches, and it was a joy. Right, right. I was stoned off my face at the time because oh, um, somebody had somebody had given me a given me a reefer um, uh, as I watched, wandered into Hyde Park. And I know. I, 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 people often say to me that um, uh, you know they thank me for having created lockdown skeptics now the daily skeptic because you know during that dark period when lockdowns were first imposed and you know 90 plus percent of the country supposedly were behind them 
all three political parties, main political parties were behind them. There was almost no dissent. Um, and um, anyone challenging the wisdom of the policy was immediately kind of cast out and demonised. And so any, you know, people say to me, the fact that, you know, lockdown sceptics existed and was a kind of rallying point for people who did question the wisdom of the policy, it made it made them feel less alone. It kind of helped preserve their sanity. Well, Bob played that role for me, I think, you know, seeing such a talented cartoonist with such a kind of prominent shop window in the Telegraph taking these, you know, very, you know, irreverent, uh, passionate anti-lockdown positions was a source of great comfort. It felt made me think that I'm not entirely alone. And of course, we began to use his cartoons on lockdown sceptics all the time. Um, and we still do. Uh, they are absolutely brilliant. I mean, he's uh, no one. No one is better at kind of capturing that kind of vituperative, waspish descent from, you know, prevailing orthodoxies. Yes, he's a very, very good draftsman. I, almost my favourite of his cartoons, although they're all so good, is the one he's done of President Bieber of Canada, a.k.a. Justin Justin Trudeau. And he's got all the details exactly right. The details on, on, on his Ruritanian uniform that he wears, uh, the, all the kind of woke woke paraphernalia and that weird glassy thousand yard stare that 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 sort of mk ultra stroke monarch stare that that justin trudeau's got um i mean Mm. he's clearly a kind of programmed creature he's not he's not a real human being um and 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 bob captures that perfectly he's 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 really talented anyway anyone who wants to see this film um it's available for free on Bob Moran, all one word, co.uk. So bobmoran.co.uk. Um, and just click on uh, Brilliantly Difficult, which is the name of the film. And you can watch it in its entirety for free. It's well worth watching. It's really good. Yeah. Your brother's it in it too, James. It, it's got a cast of, 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 of thousands and um, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's wonderful. So um, finally, um, I did, I did um, catch up with, eventually, um, 13 Lives the um, Ron Howard um, dramatisation of the um, Thai cave story about the, uh, what, 12 children and one football coach trapped in, a, in an underwater cave in Thailand who, um, you know, the Thai special forces, American special forces, tens of thousands of volunteers from around the world couldn't rescue. The people they eventually had to turn to were these kind of English weirdos who've been kind of caving all their lives and knew exactly what to do and managed to get them out alive. Um, I, I didn't think it was as good as the documentary. I, 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 you'll probably remember. No, I, I want to see the documentary. documentary. The documentary is fantastic because it's actually got the real weirdos in it. And, you know, the, no actor, Are the, are the real talented, weirdos as uncharismatic as they were acted as being in, in, in the... They weren't. They were. They, they were sort of more. They were. They, they, I thought. I thought it was something slightly kind of almost um, mean spirited about Colin Farrell and Vigo Mortensen trying yeah. to kind of convey just how kind of difficult and ornery <laughs> and uncharismatic these weirdos were. In real life, they weren't kind of particularly ornery or kind of um, uncharismatic. They were just weird, you know, they were just spectrumy. Um, yes. But uh, they, were, they were very British. I think, I think, oft, I think you know, the Hollywood screenwriter, director's read 
of a kind of typical British caving male eccentric is that, you know, that they're so different to anything they've encountered before. There must be something kind of, you know, deeply wrong with them, that they're obviously something unpleasant about them. Um, whereas whereas in, in, in reality, they were, they're actually in their own way quite charming and sort of winning. Anyway, I, I yeah. recommend the documentary, but I thought the film was quite good. Bit long. Quite good, yeah. Uh, but quite well, good. That, that, I mean, that's going to be, if, if you were if you were a film critic that would be written on your gravestone wouldn't it it was quite good it was quite good <laughs> all neither, your recommendations yeah. are just One, like, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah, well it's two, right. two thumbs not, not neither two thumbs up nor two thumbs down but maybe one up and one down or two pointing at each other that, that, mm. that, that's usually my verdict I can't help being nuanced James I know you like things in black and white but I'm more of no, a nuanced don't say that because you can't say it you, you, you can't say nuanced can you you say nuanced <laughs> you can't pronounce your use. <laughs> I do have problems actually with that, but uh, yeah, well, I know. Is, oh, well, nu- nu- nuclear, nu- nuclear, nuclear is your worst one, isn't it? Well, I, I know I can say nuclear, I think, but I, I, I used to, I used to start I, when I was in America. I used to say computer instead of computer. Um, uh, but I think I've managed to recover uh, after yeah. five years of America. Anyway, uh, I think that's probably you probably exhausted everything I have to say, James. What have you, have you got? Anything else? Um, no, I because I've, 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 my, my paramount. My, my my I lost my my card my credit card recently and and um so my my Paramount Plus oh no does that mean you haven't been able to get to the end of the offer yes exactly oh, it's no. really frustrating I haven't been able to get to the end of the offer oh. um yeah so that's been, frustrating I, so I watched I, episode I eight, eight watch the episode eight last night which I think it's brilliant I love I'm loving it two more episodes to go have you I, I watched I've been watching a few um movies recently I finally watched um. Blade Runner twenty forty nine. What did you that? think? Yeah, uh, by the same. I liked guy that... it. Yeah, I liked it. It was directed by the same guy who directed Dune, wasn't it? Yes. And I quite liked its. I mean, he he's good at sort of world building and sort of melancholy and and you know it's it it the stuff to look at and meditate on. And I quite I, I I don't I don't mind the lack of action. Also, I really like how fanciable the robot. Um, uh, joy, you right? Know, the, the 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 kind of fantasy women of the future. Yeah, who pl- who played the 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 kind of sexy robot in Blade Runner? It was um Sean, whatever she's called, wasn't it? Oh, I can't remember her surname. Sean now. Young, was it? Sean Young, no. yeah, she played. And and then there was How the kind you not of not remember uh, something with your own boring surname. And then there was and who was the kind and who was the um. <laughs> Who was the robot that did the kind of flips? Was it? Was it? it yeah, in she, the was original? she was. She was. Daryl Hannah yeah. was it? Dar- I think it was Daryl Hannah. Yeah, it was Daryl. Yeah. Ha- Daryl Hannah was yeah. was was. was <laughs> we are sounding like dirty old men. We do. <laughs> we do. We better stop talking about that. Um, you better stop talking so about it. Yeah. On the book front, I've uh, I finished Sharp's Battle, and I think last time we spoke about it, I said I didn't think it was about a famous battle, but it turned out it was. It was about the Battle of Fuente de Honoro. Um, I'm probably mispronouncing that. Anyway, I finished that and I've moved on. I thought like I, I was tempted to move on to the next one in the sharp sequence. But no, I've got to give myself a break. I don't want to get sick of them. So I've now I've now I'm now on I'm now reading or listening to Dombey and Son. Um, so have you have you have you read or, or listened to Dombey and Son? I try and I try and avoid Dickens as much okay. as possible. I just think he's he's just like really annoying. Like, I, I I can't be doing with him. Why why would you read Dickens when you can do Dostoevsky really no, I love Dickens um, I'm, I'm afraid I tell you what I am reading I'm, I'm I, I've got in the Old Testament as far as the Psalms and um, I love the Psalms they're fantastic they, they, they protect you they're, they're, they're like 
they, they, they sort of ward off evil. I've got to Psalm 22. And did you know, um, this is one of the one of the cool things I, I like about reading the Bible, reading the New Testament and the Old Testament, is you come across sort of things you didn't know, like, you know, when 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 Jesus is Jesus says, um, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me mm-hmm. when he's on the cross? Do you know he's quoting the beginning of Psalm 22 when he says that? Those are the those are the lines, the, the opening lines of, of, of Psalm 22. Right. But presumably he's not quoting it because he's heard it before. It's just the opening yes, lines no, of Psalm. The, Jesus was absolutely, he was versed in, in what we call the Old Testament. I suppose okay. what Jews call okay. the, the Talmud. He, he, he knew his scriptures really, really, really well. And so does the devil, actually. The devil actually quotes quotes another of the Psalms when he's tempting, tempting Jesus. Okay. He quotes Psalm 91 about where you know where, where where the angels bear you up with, with their hands um you know and uh the devil says well come on you know we we know that that if you jump off this off this cliff uh, you can you're gonna the angels are gonna pick you up it says it says well he doesn't he doesn't mention the psalms but yeah it, it's very interesting I, I i in some ways i wish i'd studied um divinity i think it would be a really interesting subject I mean, if I were going to do a second degree, that would be my degree. Should have done it at Oxford, yeah. Do, 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 you can do. There are two versions of it at Oxford. I just discovered this week. There's philosophy and theology, and then there's right. theology and religion. And theology and religion is probably the one you would go for. I think as the second degree because you study the Bible. Um, yeah, but, yeah. Maybe it, they'd it, have it, me back. It's also easy, it's easier to get in. If you apply to do it is well, I know. If you, if, I mean, if you've been privately educated, it's probably the only way you're going to get into Oxford. Right, because no yeah. one wants to read theology. Yeah, I mean, do they? You, you have. I mean, the, the ratio of applicants to offers in theology and religion is about two to one, whereas the ratio of applicants to offers if you apply to do PPE is about ten to one. Which is which is stupid when you when you realise that theology is a really really interesting subject, fully capable of, of being approached with, yeah. with tremendous academic rigour. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 Well, no, there we are. Uh, yeah. There we are. Okay, James. Good. Well, good to talk to you. And um, good to talk to you. Yeah, and I'm we'll sorry we didn't week. fight, uh, dear listeners, and oh, you probably well. didn't like to talk about our lack of shooting invitations. But but tough. Yeah. We don't it, care. It's always next week. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right. All right. Bye, James. Bye. This is London Calling. Ricochet. Join the conversation.